Welcome to Holy Fuck. Holy Fuck. Holy Fuck. Two gals on the prowl for enlightenment, sex, and all things holy. Holy Fuck. Each week, beauty alchemist and transformational coach and speaker, Catherine McClellan, and spiritual healer and life coach, Krista Kim, discuss navigating spiritual consciousness in a real human body. Stumbling through dating, relationships, and everyday life, all while maintaining a fucking sense of humor. Hey, Krista. Hey, Catherine. How are you today? I am super excited, and I'm not supposed to say I'm super excited, but I'm super excited. I know, Krista made that. You're not supposed to say you're excited rule when we have a guest, because she said everybody on podcasts always say, well, we're super excited to have, but today we have to just say, we are super excited to have Allison Armstrong with us. We love her. I have worked with her for, I think it's been about 100,000 years at least, <laughs> but in this lifetime, I think it's only been since about 2011 or 2012. Um, and, uh, and I've just been blessed to hear so many of the teachings through the podcast that, um, Catherine, that you've shared and that I've been mm. able to take into my relationships and into my life. So I think yeah. that's why maybe I'm even more excited than you because it's my first taste with Allison. And yeah. Taste of Allison. Ooh. That's what we're naming the podcast now. Get a little <laughs> so welcome, Allison. Thank you for being here with us today, Allison. You're you're welcome. I'm happy to be here today. I've been excited ever since you asked me. And and Catherine, you reminded me, I, like when you said that, 100,000 years, I flashed on the first time I looked in your eyes. Aww. Standing there, you know, I was in the aisle and you're on the edge. <laughs> and that, and that, that recognition that occurred in that first moment. And I'd, I'd forgotten about that. That was so sweet. It was really sweet. It was one of those, like, I know you from I know a thousand you. years. <laughs> yeah. Hello, sister. Hello, sister. Thank you, Allison. So great to have you here. So for our audience, what we're going to be talking about today is this amazing work that Allison, I would call it a lifetime of work that Allison has created from a decision that she made in 1991 to study men. And uh, may I quote you, Allison, here? You can. <laughs> to find out how I was bringing out the worst in men and hopefully how to bring out the best in them. So she has been very, very successful doing that. And I I think I would also say that she has fallen in love with men from that study of them, and she certainly does bring out the best in most women and men most of the time, I would say. Obvious <laughs> <laughs> because she's human. <laughs> that begs the question about the exceptions. <laughs> most women and most women, um, which is <laughs> adorable. Yeah, there are women who definitely I am not their cup of tea because you know, they're doing the blame game and I'm not responsible and it's all their fault and, you know, they're all fill in the blank and yeah, they do all that. They don't like me. <laughs> if you don't want to know what your part is and take responsibility for it and change what you can change, no, you, you'll not be one of the most women <laughs> that uh, I get to bring out the best in, but I try. Yeah. You do. And you do. You're really super effective for a lot of people. So it's wonderful. And, you know, Alison, I have this flash of memory of you in an airport one time. And we had left a seminar and we were both, everybody was going their separate ways. And I'd sort of circled back and went through and you were sitting at a bar having lunch or something just along the edge of, you know, those airport food places. And there were three men who were just leaning into you. <laughs> <laughs> get enough of whatever it was you were saying to them and I just it was such a beautiful moment of seeing how men respond to you from the place that you bring them such honor and love from your heart every day as you walk through the world yeah that's actually been um something that's been really hard since since Greg you know I talk about it since he yes. abandoned his body and went cosmos um in mm -hmm. June <laughs> And it's been really hard because um, I lived in this bubble, right? This bubble of so married, right? Just like mm -hmm. the marriedest, marriedest woman ever. 
and a lot of freedom to express admiration and appreciation for men and have this like just a no fly zone. <laughs> I, I, you know, someone, two men had made a pass at me in 28 years and they were both drunk. They both like could not, you know what I mean? They couldn't read any kind of signals. And, and it, and I didn't have, I admit, a, a lot of compassion for, for how as women to express appreciation and to have boundaries about what we would welcome or not, right? Yes. Uh, until, until I was abruptly single. And the saddest part of it for me, Catherine, has been the number of men I have encountered that were in 20-year marriages or 20-plus-year marriages, and for how many of those years it was sexless and loveless and affectionless. And so that's, that's a lot why I attract right now. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky you. <laughs> no, you cannot be. It's just awful because yeah. what I realized after the third or fourth one showed up in my space is that they don't know anything about having a great marriage. Uh, they know nothing. They know about how to endure. That's what they know how to do is endure. Endure for the sake of I gave my word, endure for the sake of um, our children, but they have no clue how to have a, a good relationship, an extraordinary relationship, and Catherine, as you know, I mean, partnership, partnership, to these men, the word partnership means I'll get the support I need. Mm. That's all it means. They'll support me in doing what I'm committed in doing. That's the, the limit of their experience of partnership. And, oh, it's just been so sad. <laughs> it's, just, mm -hmm. it's just been so sad how, how empty their tanks are and how little 20 years of marriage taught them about relationship. So what you're saying, Allison, is because they chose endurance instead of, well, maybe you'll tell us, instead of what would be your alternative, if someone's listening to this who feels like they're in that space, what is the thing they could choose? What's the alternative that you would immediately want to invite them into? Um, well, several spaces, and this would be for women too. Instinct has us mostly be peacekeepers. Right, So don't ask her what you need. That might ruffle feathers, hurt somebody's feelings, upset someone, anger someone. Uh, don't tell someone what you need. Uh, don't reveal that you don't already know what they need. Right, So all of the don't ask, don't tell. Don't ask or tell for your own needs and don't <laughs> ask other someone else's needs. Right, Like what do you need? Like That reveals you don't already know. Right? Having a need reveals a weakness. Not already knowing what people, other people need is a weakness. So instinct's going to conceal all weaknesses, unless, of course, as you know, it makes you more attractive, <laughs> which usually makes you more attractive to a woman, right, who may be right. being competitive. If you reveal a weakness now, you know, it may calm her down. So this peacekeeping, right, is such a part of enduring, and it's very much a fingers crossed hoping the other person will miraculously change. Do you mm -hmm. know that they'll suddenly stop yelling, stop complaining, stop criticizing, stop withholding everything that people withhold. Like that it's just a it's a very much a false hope peacekeeping and the, one of the ways you've heard me talk about it, Catherine, is it's like you're on a train, you can see where the tracks are going, there's a cliff and you just you think <laughs> and hope and pray that there is a sharp turn before the cliff. But there isn't. But there isn't. Not unless you make the sharp turn. The other person is not going to make the sharp turn. Yeah, in some ways, do you think, Allison, that we kid ourselves, the other person knows what we're thinking and knows it's not cool with us and they're just still doing it? Like if it were complaining or mm -hmm. not fulfilling, so not fulfilling sexual needs. If someone is pulling away Well, so I've been interacting with this because of the new program, right? The new curriculum I've been developing. And after we made sure all of the old curriculum was secure on the Internet, is <laughs> 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 available for everybody 24-7 around the world. Okay, it's, it's protected. Um, 
right? This is four years ago that I made the decision. To, I wanted to create a new curriculum, but not until all those 20 years of work were protected. So, you know, and I'm launching it in 10 days. And a big part of it, a really significant part of it, is the phenomenon of acceptance. Because that's one of the things that understanding men and women, right, and sex and intimacy and love and commitment, all that understanding we developed since 1991, the, one of the biggest outcomes of understanding is that you could accept that you are a particular way. You could accept that another person is a particular way. And so many people think acceptance means put up with. No, it, it literally means like to grant that something has a valid existence, right? It, and a short thing is just it, you're granting it exists. You're noticing that exists. That you're you're noticing that's real. You're granting <laughs> reality to something, <laughs> right? And as long as we're thinking that this person is misbehaving, right, which is common. We think they know the right thing to do. And if I just make, if I'm upset enough about them doing the wrong thing or I make sufficient case and argument and justification for them doing the thing I know is right, that of course they know is right, then they'll change and do the right thing. You know, instead of knowing the right thing and purposely misbehaving or withholding or whatever, Great. So, so by thinking someone knows the right thing to do or could change or be changed, as long as we're not dealing with this exists for real, we don't interact with it appropriately. And including it could be, I actually do have a temper. <laughs> <laughs> right? Alison Armstrong has a temper, there are certain things she will have a hair trigger reaction on, they're usually in the area of truth, accuracy, and precision, (laughs) all forms of integrity, those are the things she will kill and die for, and uh, so she actually has that, and she keeps thinking she's going to calm down, she keeps, it's funny talking about myself (laughs) as a third person, but it's really like that, like, you know, Allison will get a grip on that, and she'll be better, and she'll... Uh, you know, she's, she's growing <laughs> 59 years old. She's growing. She's, um, it, it could happen. There could be that magical turn before the cliff where somebody says one of the things and Allison does not go off. Well, I mean, that's being mythical about myself instead of, <laughs> I really do have those reactions. So now Now, once you accept something, you can go to the next natural step from acceptance and and from accept, it's to protect. And in this case, once I accept it about myself, I can take steps to protect you from me. Oh, Oh, we did that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is how not to encounter that version of Allison, or this is how to immediately diffuse it, you know? And so I can protect you from me, or once I accept something about myself, this is how I am, I can now say no, that I'm not available for criticism in that area. Do not attack that about me. If you're committed to attacking that about me, you should go away, or I will go away. But that's not available. I, I, I can protect myself, right? Or if I accept something about you, okay, you it, it's for real that you're, you think you're done with sex for the rest of your life. It's for real. Just to make sure the audience <laughs> knows we're not talking. I'm not talking about you. I'm not talking about you personally. But you're anybody's partner, when you accept, this is real. They're, whatever it is, their temper is real, their need for alone time is real, their... Whatever it is that they're doing, this is real. This isn't, they know a different thing to do or the, and they're just not doing it because they don't love me enough or respect me enough or they're too lazy to do it. No, these are real choices they're making. But you might make a choice, like, like from understanding men, trans- transition time. Most women get the need for transition time is real. Right? We make a good enough case about single focus, transition time is real. So then you could make a choice to protect transition time for very young men, for men at work, for your 
partners, like you're protecting their transition time. No, don't bother dad. He's transitioning. You could do that. You could make a choice to protect them, or you could make a choice to protect yourself from them. This is real. They're this way. Now, what am I going to do? And so all these possibilities open up once we accept something in ourselves or in other people. Brilliant. So what, what I think I'm hearing you say, and, and this for our audience, since we're listening for um, relationships and sex and things like that, sometimes one partner in a partnership or a relationship will choose a way of being around sex that says, I need more or I need less or something. And so I think what you're saying is once that is accepted, there's all sorts of avenues to work with it rather than blame changing your behavior. I need more from you. I need this to happen a different way. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you know, once there's acceptance, then there's now what? If that's, what's, if that's what you need to honor yourself, right, which has been my theme for the last three years, honor yourself first or all is lost. So whatever's true for you, whether it's more or less different, um, let's learn something, let's move into this area or that area. Once you're clear for yourself, then you can interact with your partner so they're clear for themselves. And when you accept how you are and how they are, then you've got to, okay, now what? And if they really are your partner, it's, it's a we decide. We decide how to solve this. Not I decide how it's going to be for us, which is what I've seen over and over again. I've I've seen both men and women decide I'm done with sex. And I, I had this in a different context. Greg was deciding to not ride motorcycles anymore. And I got really upset. I said, you don't realize you just decided something for me too. I I need a chance, right? Because I was his passenger. Oh, (laughs) <laughs> so when he decided not to ride, man, I didn't get to ride. And it didn't even occur to him. No. And I was like, and, and this is like in the last month before he passed away, I, I request we do one more ride where I have a chance to remind you how much fun it is to ride a motorcycle with me. And maybe you don't <laughs> want to ride him anymore alone, but maybe you want to ride him with me. And um, we never got a chance to do that. But if you're going to use the word partner for real, not just like the way sex partners turn away, turn around, or, you know, we share checking accounts so we're partners, but the real partnership, it's a we decide. This is what's true for me. Tell me what's true for you, and then we'll decide what to do. Yeah. So, Allison, one of the tragedies I see happen between women and men, and I know you'll recognize this from under stress things that women and men do, is that one partner will decide they want to explore um, sort of adding other partners to their relationship. And we were, had this conversation a few weeks ago on a, this podcast with someone. And the experience is that one partner will go along with it in order not to lose the partnership. Yep. And they're terrified and it's not right for them. And they feel that it, so there is no together we make a choice. It's right. we're given an ultimatum. And the other partner doesn't necessarily see it that way. Do you want to comment a little yeah, bit? I, yeah, I just, as you know, I just wouldn't even use the word partner. That's not a partnership. Okay. <laughs> they're having a relationship. Yeah, and one of them wants something that somebody has an, a need or a desire that's not being met in that relationship. And so they're figuring out another way to meet it. And they announce it. And then the person in the relationship with chooses peacekeeping. It goes right back to where we started. They choose peacekeeping and they, and it, I mean, it could have really lovely motivations, you know, and, and, you know, the one I've heard the most is that, you know, but I loved him. And um, I spoke with one of our graduates. She said, I loved him. And I thought what loving meant was that I would do whatever he needed. I would give him whatever he wanted. And so she did exactly what you taught, what you were just talking about. She kept adapting, contorting, dealing with the emotion of him being polyamorous and she was not. Mm-hmm. And and I'm not against polyamory, by the way. I've done well. I think it's it can be brilliant and what it demands of people and levels of communication and compassion, I think can be an extraordinary growth experience for people. Um, but 
for someone to go along with something that we have so many survival instincts around and can take, you know, why am I not enough? And I mean, it could just, it, it's something that can literally just spin you out and, and bring out the worst in you 24-7 when it's not happening 24-7, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Right. Something that upsets you all the time that's not going on all the time. These are things we need to <laughs> stop and examine. Um, but, yeah, that announcement, we're going to do this, and the acquiescence instead of, like, okay, they're really committed to doing this. Am I in a hallucination that this won't last long? Right? This is just a phase. <laughs> phase. <laughs> I can endure a phase, but I can't endure long term. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I think that's really a good, actually, way to measure anything you're willing to do and you can only see yourself willing to do for a certain amount of time. Probably not a good idea to do it all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would never have anyone pick up accountabilities that like, okay, I could do that for a few months. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, only do it like, wow, it'd be a be, 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 I, can I can I do that? I want to be polyamorous with you too. I actually have some people in mind. I'm so <laughs> glad you brought this up. Thank you for bringing this up. I was afraid to bring this up. This is brilliant. We should totally do this. If you're not like that, maybe not. Yeah. So can you tell our audience a little bit, Allison? What is the alternative here? So one partner comes and says, "This is." This is what I want. So first of all, you were saying like, that's not really how you operate in partnership. You don't just slam your partner. This is what I want. But yeah, no. illuminate this a little bit. I think it would be great for our listeners to hear this. When you say the alternative, the alternative in the response, the alternative in the bring it up in the request. I guess what I mean is say you're one of the partners having thoughts about polyamory. You're one of the people in that relationship having thoughts about polyamory. Yes. Yeah. One of the people. Uh, <laughs> this is my precision and accuracy thing, right? I, I sorry. Nope. I'm a precision ass. So, um, yeah, those aren't partners. They're just not, those aren't partners and that's not partnership. They're not on the same team. So, yes, yeah, so one person has this going on. You're asking me what do I recommend they do? Uh, yeah, what would you see as a to even invite partnership into that conversation if it starts to happen in a, in a relationship. In a relationship. Um, <laughs> I think everything that we're contemplating that would be a major change in lifestyle, in substance, even, you know, form. People are so sensitive to form, like, you're my boyfriend. Right? which means you're all mine, right? You're, you're my girlfriend, mine, 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 no sharing. It's not about polyamory. It's just about not having ownership and form be the, um, the point, right? In my own life, interacting with substance instead of form. And what, are, what do we really provide for each other? And what are we really accountable to each other for? And what if we did that in a kind of flow in life instead of picking a form that has a job description that we're signing on for? What if we just don't ever call it? What if we never call what we're doing anything? (laughs) What if we just keep discovering and inventing how we're participating and sharing life with each other? And instead of what's the box that fits what we've done so far planning on doing. So, so, I mean, this is just really relevant to my own life right now. And it's, um, and I'm wrestling with, we're so in love and so like each other and so admire each other and keep having all those meant to be signs, do you know, like, on this, you know, on zero to 10, goat cheese is a nine for him. <laughs> Did God make you for me? <laughs> right? like, you're not meant to be stuff, right? And, you know, grew up a country boy, knows how to dig a post hole, thinks coming to my house and covering the hay that sounds like fun, right? So, you know, to the normal inner instincts are collecting all this meant to be. And then when the meant to be shows up, I have this just overwhelming. <gasps> Can I keep you? <laughs> and true, true story. I was having a can I keep you reaction, which I knew was 
okay, then this has a bad reaction. Can I keep you? The choice I made after that was worse, right? The worst was, please, God, can I keep them? (laughs) 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 Honestly, I was literally praying. I'm like, please, please, God, can I keep him? He's he's your servant. I'm your servant. We'll serve you so much better for together. (laughs) (laughs) And then I I, like caught myself and thought, okay, that is really rude. That is really rude to pray to God for a potentially life-altering decision, course of action, without checking with that person first. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's not partnership right so what I did immediately was confess that I had just done that I need to tell you what I just did <laughs> now that was partnership um, so yes yeah, so the, that possession it's so much a part of relationships and and wanting forms that communicate territory and so if you're ever in that area Just the first thing I recommend is whatever that thing is that you think you need to do or want to do, see if it lasts before you ever bring it up to the other person and rock their world. Can you hold your pee? Can you, (laughs) (laughs) do you know, like instead of just blurting this thing out immediately, think about it, notice it. Does it persist? How long does it persist? Is it now... It, not just fantasy and desire, but are you actually noticing as a human being, this is an authentic, whatever it is, this is an authentic expression for you, and it's now time to talk about it. And Catherine, you know this from the old stories, right? I wanted to leave California, and I, I just kept noticing it didn't go away. And then I finally brought it up at the dinner table. I don't recommend it. Um <laughs> You know, I have an idea. Let's move to Colorado. That would be the first thing is just see, does it persist? And see, is it actually not just a desire, but it's it's you. It's you and you need to do it. And as you're engaging with that, then you're engaging with what price am I willing to pay? Hmm. Am I Am I willing to lose this relationship over it? Because especially in these tender areas, those are the stakes. You know this. Those are the stakes that we're talking about because of how much meaning there is for sex or people and sexuality. And and I think if we interacted with that, again, with acceptance, with what's real here, everything in this area would get more authentic, right? Like, am I willing, am I willing to lose this relationship by demanding that sex be part of it? Like, no, you, you you just made a decision. You're done with sex. No, you don't get to make that decision for both of us. We need to talk about this. We need to work on this. We need to, we need to spend some time on it. And if you're not willing to do that, then we need to talk about not being together. Or we need to talk about how are we going to be together and who am I going to have sex with? <laughs> right. Seriously. I mean, if we, but that's the... Clarity, 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 and then what are you committing to? What are you committing to? What are you committing to? And, and you know you've committed because you have a plan B. You know you're committed because you're willing to pay a cost, the cost. And if you're not willing to pay the cost, then maybe it's not that important. Maybe it is just a fantasy. Maybe it's just, <laughs> you know, right? you remember my bucket list, Catherine? I expected to be executing it when I was 81 years old. You know, my version of a bucket list with the things I was going to do when Greg died. But I was supposed to be 81 when he died. And then I was going to get, you know, a butterfly tattoo on my butt. <laughs> That's my big bucket list. The one thing he, like, forbade me to do, get a tattoo on the skin that he adored. Right? So that was on my list. Okay, when Greg dies, I'm going to get a bucket list. They'll probably need an embroidery ring to put it on there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious about what the difference is between desire and authenticity self-expression like can you clarify that for our audience Mm. well desire uh, in the dictionary desire is one of the words associated with wanting and wanting means that you lack it it literally means lack so something that is not in your life 
Now, there are a jillion things not in my life. Mm-hmm. Right? There's so many things to want. I mean, just just walk down a grocery <laughs> store aisle. Look at how many things you want. Mint Milano's. I want a bag of <laughs> Mint Milano's. Right? I mean, wanting, we're geared for wanting. Right? Mm-hmm. We're made to want. It's part of our our makeup is to want and want and want and want. And, you know, one of the most illuminating things I ever read is, you know, serve food from the counter. Because I observed my family, I would put three days worth of steak in the middle of the table, and if we sat there long enough, we'd eat all of it. (laughs) Because that's human instinct. Eat while you can. There's food on the table, keep going, gorge. And because you never know when you're going to eat again. So desiring is a kind of wanting, is a kind of lack. I think it's really good to use desire. So what am I lacking? Is it? Is it romance in this relationship? Is it more adventure, exploration, excitement, play, variety? I mean, people assume you need another person for so many of those things. Right. No, you don't necessarily. And again, I'm not against anybody who decides, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to have another person. Yes, let's have another person. Let's pick them together. (laughs) What kind of parts are they going to have? Um, Are we going to pick one for you and one for me? You know, or like, how's this going to go? Not against any of it. I have no moral judgments. Uh, I'm just for partnership, right? Which is we decide. And including we decide that you decide. We decide together you're going to pick. We decide. So do you just want it? And there's a, and then that want, that desire can reveal something missing that could fill in in a way that was not, you know, such a, <laughs> doesn't shake the house? Or is it not something that's happening, not something that could happen here? And you start to notice you're left yourself because you lack it. Or you may even try. Let's infuse, let's do everything we can to put passion back in here. And you do everything you can, and it's still not there. And you notice you're shriveling up because of a lack of passion, right? I mean, I know someone in a marriage that he's just not interested in sex anymore. And I, and I watch a vital human being shrinking because of that lack of attention and how much that provides for a woman or a man. It's like getting dehydrated. And watching, you know, watch people become dehydrated. And because their source of water just decided to shut itself off. And that's when I think it's legitimate to say, okay, so I respect your decision to not have sex. I respect your disinterest in sex. So we need to decide, how am I going to have sex? And how does that how, how can the authentic expression then? Yeah, I mean, if, like, sex is something I need, sex is part of who I am, I am less of who I am by not getting to participate in sex. That's what I mean by an authentic expression. It's real. It's real for you. There's a real cost. You are less you Mm. by not having that in your life. Or you're less you by having something in your life. No, this does not work for me. So does that answer your question, Krista? Yes, thank you. I think that's... yeah. A very interesting point. I'm just, I'm ruminating as you're talking about, it. I'm like, huh, what are all the things I think I want versus what's really an authentic expression of myself? So I will definitely be doing some journaling on that one when I get on tonight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I knew when I left my family every month, no matter what, to be in our house in Colorado for six years, I did that until we could move here full time. This is an authentic expression. I was really moving here. (laughs) But it got tested. It got tested over time with a tremendous effort. And, yeah, I I think that's just one of the ways we're of disservice to ourselves and others is, is the tension of the wanting can create impulsive communication um, instead of being thoughtful and really examining how real is this and then bringing it to your partner. I've done everything I can think of to not change your world by by what I need to tell you. I've done everything I can think of to fix this without you even knowing there is anything to be fixed. And I'm, I'm 
I'm at the end of my ability to do it and I need to share it with you and I need your help because this is real. And I love the way you said that, Allison, in the true measure of partnership when you said, I need your help because this is real. Yeah, I need your help. Together. I need your help solving it. I need your help adapting to it. I, I can't do this on my own, which you know, is what partnership's all about, the things you can't do on your own. Do you think that many of us are in relationships where we're actually just doing parallel play inside a thing where we live in the same house, but there's so little partnership going on. We don't go to each other for help. We try to do everything by ourselves and then throw ultimatums at each other sometimes (laughs) as a way to get space. Never, Catherine, never. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think you were there the, the night it happened, um, when I was working on Heart of Partnership uh, a year ago, right, when we were doing it live and recording it, the recognition of who's accountable for what, uh, that what's normal for human beings is I decide. And it's binary, right? This is black or white. I decide what I'm accountable for. I decide I'm not accountable for. I decide that you're accountable, right? It's I decide, right? And when I recognized how prevalent that was in my life, oh my gosh, I was, I was mortified, right? I'd been practicing partnership and distinguishing it for a decade at that time. And I could see all the places where I decided. And, and I was the worst at, I would decide that you get to decide. I thought that was so, you know, magnanimous, yes, magnanimous. (laughs) All the times I decided, you know, I'm I'm the boss, right? I'm the CEO, the owner, all that stuff, and I decide that that you get to decide. (laughs) (laughs) Like best partnership, no, we decide. So if you want to test the measure of your partnership, like how much are we in partnership, well, how many things that exist in your life were a we decide? Wow. Allison, I just want to stop for a second. <laughs> that is so huge. Mm-hmm. And it is actually just took my breath away because as much study as I've done with you, I don't, haven't heard it quite that way. And it's such a great barometer, mm-hmm. right? Is how I, I'm going to have to cop to a lot of I decide that you get to decide. Mm, yeah. It's, yeah, and I, you haven't heard it because I've never said it that way before, which is awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Please. Strong way to say it. Take my breath away. Yeah. Just look around. Like, we decide <laughs> together you have this need to not be in that job, and that, and I accept that. So can we decide the when that you're going to leave that job? Or you, you have an actual need that I accept to start that business. So let's decide together how much money we're going to have in the bank before that happens. Or I don't need a house, but you need a house. So I'm on your team for buying a house. But let's decide together the when, the how, the how much. And, you know, all I have to do is watch House Hunters to see the battle, right? It's adversarial. They have different amounts of money they're going to spend on that house. And one of them is deciding is it's clear they are going to win that's a partnership. They're going to win. We're going to, and they even say like, no, we're going to spend more money than that. Or no, I'm never going to sign on for that. Not how this, right? And it's like, oh, I just, I have to throw up. Um, and I don't really watch that anymore. But I, we decide how many times do we decide? And love about this conversation that I that I had with my my friend. <laughs> First and foremost, we're friends. For I'm for him, for him, and he's for me, for me. And, um, which is the opposite of transaction, right? I'm for you, for me. (laughs) So, but we keep like looking at what's happening, looking at all the domains that we think and feel and experience and what's in front of us and what's possible. And then we, we decide, we keep, we deciding, you know, this is someone who has no so-called training in partnership. And it's the most natural thing for him to do is to align, mm. is to come back to, you know, saying what's true for him, hearing what's true for me, and then we decide. Love it. You've left yeah. us. <laughs> almost. I have a question. Yeah, almost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, well, because I was going back onto one of the quotes from your website about bringing out the worst in each other. So I'm curious, what are some of the behaviors that men and women do that bring out the worst in each other? They decide. <laughs> they decide. They decide. They plop down and start talking. Instead of, when would be a good time to talk to you about this? Um. Everyday life is such a series of I decides. Instead of, instead of asking or telling. I need time to talk. I need time to, to, to share what's happening in my life with you. I need time for us, for us to talk about this. You know, I need to um, have sex with you sometime in the next 24 hours. Could you, like, tell me a when that, that could happen? <laughs> I have a need. When could we do that? <laughs> Is there anything you need to do that? Instead of even sex, it's an I decide and someone makes a move. Now's the time. I think people think they're doing such a great job just by coming to, to the person, yeah, and saying, hey, I need to talk with you. <laughs> so we think, oh, good job, me. And I love this clarification of, like, no, even that needs to be a, a we decide. Is this a good yeah. Is this a good time? You know, to my friend, one of the most common texts is, if you can slash want to talk, I'm available at this time. It's not just can talk. If you also want to talk to me, if you can slash talk, want to talk, these are my times. So he, can, he has a choice if he can and not want to. You know what I think is funny, Austin? On text messages, some people have a thing that says where you can read that they've seen your message. Yes. And sometimes people don't have that on, like me, because I have this sense that when people know I've read the message, then I'm supposed to answer right then. Mm-hmm. And they'll know I read it and didn't answer. So I just, it's a, again, it's like, who's deciding? Just because someone texted me, then they're deciding for me that I have to text them back. Yeah, you have two minutes. Yeah, the timer started right now. I texted you, boom, boom. Yeah. It's... And, and that's sad because the brilliance of text messaging is you don't have to have an appointment. And then we make appointments for people anyway. <laughs> and then we carry our phones around and look at it every 30 seconds. Did they respond? Did they respond? Did they respond? Ah, something brilliant has been turned into a nightmare. Especially while you're praying to God at the same time that they've responded, right? <laughs> oh, yes. Or, you know, having magnificent sex while praying to God or thanking God for it, right? And... <laughs> I have a friend who never, ever calls unless it's an emergency, and she called, and and Greg and I were, you know, having having a spiritual experience together. But she never calls unless it's an emergency, and so he answered. <laughs> and when she found out that he did that, she's like, "Okay, I got it. I got it. I didn't realize that. I will never call unless it's an emergency." <laughs> Just thought it was a quick question or something. So, um, Allison, I had, I think you've given us plenty of opportunities to see the ways that we can interact with each other that really see the, bring out the beauty and the best in each other and vice versa. So thank you for that. And I know so much of your work is your desire for, I think what gave you to me, gave you away to me the first time. I keep getting emotional for whatever reason, so it's just going to happen Um, but was when you said it was your desire to be in love Mm. everyone every day Mm -hmm. it was so deeply my desire at that same time and I felt it you know the recognition of you and it as you were saying go all the way through me and has carried me through many years of working with you and being (laughs) taught and sometimes um I don't know, corrected possibly by you. So um, I had one more question. <laughs> Which we're so grateful for. Thank yes, you for all no, the work. Uh, yes, because Krista is my newest partner. And uh, we're now not going to decide for each other. I'm deciding right now that we're not going to decide. <laughs> You're deciding that now we're deciding. That's right. I <laughs> Good catch, girl. Good catch. Demonstration. Um, So there is this quote, and I really don't know if it's attributable to you or someone else, and it frankly doesn't necessarily sound like you, but anyway, Mm -hmm. relationships sink from the holes that were in them from the beginning. Mm. 
Yeah, that is me. That is you. Okay. Yeah, it's from in sync with the opposite sex, uh-huh. and um, and it's from the section where I ask people to get clear about what they can't live with and what they can't live without. Mm-hmm. And it's when we fudge on that, when we when we don't tell the truth about what we can't live with and what we can't live without that that ship's got a hole in it from the very beginning, and it will sink it. It's just a matter of time, and how much misery and suffering and complaining and <laughs> everything else you may go through before it sinks, but it will. That That's where you got to, and it, I mean, it's applicable to what we've been talking about. Yes. If you can't live without fill in the blank, you know, since this is a lot about sexuality, what can't you live without? Get really clear about that. Really, really clear. And if you're taking on, a new relationship, that clarity, all right, we need to talk about this. We should talk about this before we go any further because I don't want to fall in love with you and hurt you or be hurt by you. And I'm not willing to live without blank. And I'm not willing to live with blank. Mm-hmm. And I had to have this conversation recently about something that I just was like, okay, I need to know, is this a lifestyle or is this something you're doing because you're on vacation? Mm-hmm. And thank goodness it's like, oh gosh, no, I don't need that at all. <laughs> and it'd be a deal breaker for me if you were like that, right? He was just hanging out with friends and family and having a whiskey or more than one every night. <laughs> right? It's, um, do you need that? <laughs> no, not at all. Okay, because I, I won't have that as a lifestyle. And it was great. He said if it was the shoe was on the other foot, I'd be the same way. I would not be willing to live with that. Okay, awesome. We can keep going, and and that's what people have to do. You got don't step over deal breakers. They they're deal breakers for a reason. They should they should break the deal. They should end it now. No more suffering. And so this is just about discernment within yourself, right? You just get that's where it starts. I'm willing to not have a relationship with this woman because X, Y, and Z, or I'm willing not to have a relationship with this man because. X, Y, Z, and that is a deal breaker for me. And I'm going to be mature and accepting of myself and of this other person and just stop it here instead of dragging us through falling in love, breaking up, and all of the pain of that. Yeah, I just wouldn't quite word it that way. I'm not willing to have a relationship with this woman because I I just get right to the point. I can't live with this and I can't live without that in anybody. Yeah. It's not personal. Right. You're amazing, and I can't live with this. You're amazing, I can't live without that. So now what do we do? <laughs> what do we do? Instead of, so therefore, I'm out of here, so therefore, you're out of here, so I can't live with that, what do we do? Um, you can still be in partnership about it. That's great. That's really great. Thank you for bringing us back to that partnership point and back to the I decide, we decide conversation. Also, really illuminating. And I'm just so, we are so grateful. We, we are, you can't see. (laughs) You decided that Chris is grateful too. (laughs) And it was so sweet and loving. So I decided it meant she was grateful for her. We will continue to work through our <laughs> partnership. <laughs> it's so cool. Um, no, my brain, my brain is now is going to be on high alert for <laughs> I decide. Like you just tuned me up a whole other <laughs> set of degrees, and and it's fitting, right? It's fitting with even like let's say you you see something about someone. And you decide to accept that, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, this is fine in the in the domain of extraordinary relationships. That process would be great. If you really want to be in partnership, it would be, honey, there's something I think I'm seeing in you, and I'm considering accepting it, and I'm checking with you to see, do you want me to? <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> right? Because some people, like, go, oh, I hate that in myself. Please don't accept it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's cure that instead. 
I love that. So I'll be asking Krista what it is that <laughs> she's thinking about accepting in me and see if I want her to accept it. <laughs> yeah, and you might find out if, I mean, if you really want to go with this, like, okay, that's beautiful that you're considering accepting it, but before I can say that that would be a gift to me, I'd like to know what would it cost you mm. to do that? Would it cost you anything to do that? How would it inconvenience you? Or is there anything you would need from me so that you're not diminished in any way by that thing that you're t considering accepting? Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, you, you already know this about partnership. It is obnoxiously, annoyingly thorough and conscientious and takes so much time to cover all the bases of it. Bases. And once, but once you do the foundation that it can create, um, I don't think it gets any more romantic or rich or intimate or ay, 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 what can happen by being that thorough. Well, you are certainly a stunning example of that, Allison. And thank you so much for coming, sharing your heart and your life and your newest adventure through grief and new relationship and all that's going on for you. So thank you for being so candid and so authentic and so lovely. And, and for inspiring our listeners. And us. Thank you. Thank you. It's my pleasure. I mean, I knew Catherine, when I said yes to doing this, I, around you, I always get to articulate things that I never articulated before. Not like that. Not that well. It's how you listen. And, and it's a blessing to me. And to me, she's an amazing listener. Yes, yes, you, things come out. They're like, oh, I never said that like that. Oh my gosh, I never said that like that. That's you, Catherine. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Thank you. I concur. Thank you both. You concur. We've decided, Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much. Yes. And, um, and we love you, and we will send you away with our blessing which is spread the love spread the love love mm, oh wait, wait, wait one last thing we want you to tell our audience what it is you want them to know about what your work is right now where you're working soon and where they can find you to find more if they want to jump in because i know it's soon yeah uh january 25th and 26th my first ever co-ed program open to the public no require no prereqs New work, new curriculum. It's going to be off the charts. Omni Hotel LA. It's coming right up. Awesome. And they can find that information where? On which website? Right at understandmen.com. It's right there on the home page. Lux. It's called Lux. Lux. And we're going to say it again. It's understandmen.com. Sometimes people get that confused. So I just want to make sure they get it. And, and we will share that in the episode. We will share notes. it in our episode notes too. So lots of love to you, Allison. Bless you on your newest training and your wild adventures of partnership. Thank you, sweetheart. Bye, both of you. Bye. Bye. Bye.